Welcome to TNT Wolverine, brought to you by Valiant Management Group. Here are your hosts, Jake Butt and Justin Rowe. All right, and now we welcome back. I, I didn't think that we would have a recurring guest already on this show, Jake, but we had to have Jared Wangler back with us, uh, founder and CEO of Valiant Management. There's so much going on in the world of recruiting and NIL, especially with Michigan. We just had to talk to you. So, Jared, thanks for coming on again, man. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, recurring guests on our own show. I'm, uh, I'm fired up to be here, boys. We don't. Sometimes we decide the guests, but sometimes no, no, you, you the listeners have, decide the guests. You have final say. Like you guys are the talent, and you guys are the ones running this thing. Um, yeah, but this time the listeners the decided. This time the market yeah, decided. I was getting crucified on on Twitter yesterday, so it, it did make sense for. It's a, a big deal. It's a big deal. You put out a statement yesterday, and I really don't think that there's much that we need to talk about in the pregame show because we're, I'm pretty fired up. I know we were talking um, in the pre-show. Um, Michigan fans, you know, they're sitting here. We we put out the first episode of this podcast with you and Jordan Acker, and you guys kind of laid out the game plan. And there was a brief amount of hope, but as as it is on occasion with some Michigan fans, as you can see my lawyer talk coming through, I'm not generalizing everybody. With some Michigan fans, sometimes they just there's nothing that'll be good enough. And you guys laid out your game plan, and it's still early. We still have six to eight months left, but people are looking at it right now. Michigan was last in the Big Ten in recruiting yesterday. Now they're 13. They're 55th, 55th in the nation in recruiting. People are saying, hey, we beat Ohio State last year. We were Big Ten champions last year. We went to the college football playoff. Where's the disconnect here? I just want to give you a chance. And I know you put out a statement. But where is the disconnect? What, what What's going on right now, generally? Well, I mean, I'd like to start, like, we have such a passionate fan base. So it is, like, so reassuring and so exciting that, like, you put out a statement, you try to clear some air, you try to, like, really help paint the picture of what's going on, like, in the general landscape. Um, and you, we got, like, a it was, like, 50-50, right? Like, 50% of people were excited. Hey, I really do think this is a sustainable model. And the other 50% were like, you are like a piece of shit, like stop, like somebody else pass the sticks, right? Like, which is great. Like I, I enjoy both sides because, you know, it, it's just, it's just a new, it's a new, completely new landscape in college football, in college sports in general, especially college football and basketball. And everyone's trying to find like a strategy that is sustainable. And everyone thinks that, okay, we're 12 months into it the last 12 months are going to be the next 12 years, right? Like that's, everyone's like, this is the market. This is what's happening. It's like, well, yeah, that's, you know, this is the infancy stage of this new landscape. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm happy to kind of go through like certain specific questions um, to kind of do the best to clear the air, but like yeah. people need to get it through their skull. It's like my company and you know, what we formed with Valiant, like we're not hired by the institution. Like, we were a third party company. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you think you can do better or you think you got a, you know, another team that can go do this, like bring them to the table. Like I welcome another agency to help go find deals for student athletes. I welcome somebody else in the space to bring in donors to set up deals for our current players. Shoot. If you want to go be the bag man and potentially get yourself disaffiliated with the institution, go call the recruits and then go promise them like you go do that. I'm not going to do that because what we want to do is build a long-term company to help service this at Michigan and do it the right way. And in my opinion, and Jake, in your opinion, do you think 16, 17 year old kids should be the ones walking around in the locker room with a ton of cash? And then your 
sophomore, junior, and seniors, the ones that are guys have been playing, have done everything right, are walking around with, you know, five to 10 grand or whatever it is that they're making off the field. Like, of course, like the sports marketing side of NIL is going to take care of your top, top players, your quarterbacks, your receivers, your running backs, because that's where the sports marketing dollars are. But I don't feel comfortable with our Zach Zinters of the world, with our Trevor Keegan's of the world, right? Our Mozzie Smith's of the world having like little to nothing. You know, they're making something obviously so far, but like relative to what these numbers are flowing around for certain recruits. I mean, I don't agree with that. Like that's not going to help our team win. Let me, let me ask you that though. Okay. So whether or not I agree with, whether or not I agree with it might even be irrelevant in the situation. And th this is what, again, what we were talking, the market is almost deciding what these players are. You know, if every school is saying, hey, we're going to pay a, D a four star, a five star, six figures, sometimes seven figures, sometimes half a million dollars. If the market's deciding that, then, you know, who, who is to say it doesn't matter what I think. If that's the standard in the going rate to get recruits and that's what other schools are doing. You know, why, why not? Like, again, I don't want to pay a half a million dollars for a Lamborghini. The market decided a Lamborghini is a half a million dollars. So, you know, what's your thoughts on that? And then what about schools? Some people would say, you know, Ohio State, they're paying their recruits and C.J. Stroud has a Bentley. You know, why do we have to decide? We're Michigan. Right. No, and, that, and that is a great question. I think that's like the crux that we're at right now, right? Is that like people are stating, hey, the market demands $2 million a year for a five-star quarterback. It demands 100000 a year for a four-star player, right? Like, Sure, that is a very valid point in this. But on the other side of it is like, why not go and – it's not like those kids are getting the money then most of the time. Those kids are getting the money when they get to college, right? So why not lay out a platform and a foundation and pay your current roster, not pay for play, get NIL deals for your current roster and be able to show them, look, this is what our QB1 makes. This is what QB2 makes. This is what QB3 makes. This is what our starting defensive end make. And it gives them like a like a plan, right? Like you want to be able to have some sort of like base layer of comfort where they know they're coming to Michigan. They're going to be making money regardless, okay? That's the stance that a lot of other schools are taking, right? There are the – I don't know if it's appropriate to call them out per team per se, but I know there are some top-level SEC schools and some top-level Pac-12 schools that are doing, hey, it's a guaranteed $25,000 a year for all of our We all know that. We, yeah. all, we all know that. People are saying, why is that wrong? Because it's everybody's doing it. Everybody, if you don't know that, then you're blind, honestly. I don't think that's a, I think that's a great concept. I'm, I'm totally for that. And I know like there's recruits out there that look, the money is not everything, but it's becoming one of the most heavily weighted pillars of the recruiting process. And who am I to judge a family where they don't have the resources that a lot of other families in America have? Like it's, it's totally understandable why this is becoming the most important pillar of the process, right? And it's not like it's the end-all be-all for a lot of these families, but it's it's important, right? And there has to be some level of comfortability and security if you're going to be turning down massive dollars, guaranteed dollars at one school to then you know go to another school and have your roadmap mapped out for you. Okay, my side of this, right? I, I don't disagree with people who think, yeah, you need to match the guaranteed money. My side of it though is... Look at the NFL, right? They invest millions and millions of dollars in scouting departments. 
and they still miss, right? They're more accurate than they're not, but they still miss. Okay, college recruiting departments don't have the same resources that scouts in the NFL do. So I just think you have 120 teams and a much bigger pool of players too. Way bigger pool of players, way less proven, way less tape. I mean, there are just so many other factors. Way so- less, way less um, guidelines in place too. Like we talk about some of these, some of these NIL agents. You don't have that. You have NFLPA verified agents in the NFL, and they have to go through an official process. There's none of that in the NCAA. Exactly, and the numbers are being inflated, right? How how are we supposed to believe that the numbers that this these NIL agents are saying that the recruits are getting at other schools are actually real? They you know, it could be 50,000 a year, but they're saying it's 100,000 a year, right? And it's you're just trying to play a market. It's not like the NFL. There's not like an open source of information. How are you going to verify what the actual deal is for a kid? That's the, that's like the, the gasoline that's being poured on this is because there really are no guidelines. Like, at least in the NFL, there's some structure around it, right? And the NFL is crazy enough with tampering. But this alone, you know, you're going to miss on – I'm sorry, a lot of four-star and five-star guys, right? You're going to pay them a ton of money if you're guaranteeing them stuff up front. And I just, I don't, these people that are underwriting these are wealthy business people, right? Like how many years in a row are you going to go of missing on top players, spending millions of dollars, and then seeing that same player in the transfer portal or seeing that same player on the sideline? The, The window of opportunity that a lot of these agents are trying to sell families on, that you need to get this guaranteed bag up front, like, yes, I, I totally understand it. Like, you have to seize these financial opportunities. But on the other side of it, if you're the collective and you're just throwing money at players and then you're missing, you're going to be way more gun shy to actually spend money in this space moving forward. And so I just think for that long term sustainability, like it is more nope. efficient to pay your current roster to find deals to get your current roster compensated than to just go out and spend money on recruits. Plus, plus, it is illegal by the law. Let's let's take a, a step back. Like, it is it is clearly stated in Michigan State law that th- this is prohibited and NCA guidelines. But obviously, okay. we realize no one's playing by the rules. All right. So when we were when we were talking pregame, it's illegal by law. But hey, everybody's doing it, right? So, but you bring up and I and I said, well, the NCAA can't aff- enforce it. It's not they don't have a power of subpoena. They can't go in there and check people's books, and they can't. Who are they to say what a free it's super subjective, these marketing deals, to say, hey, I can pay a guy blank dollars for showing up 100 grand versus 50 grand. There really is no clean you know, markers to say that. But you brought up a point. I want you to talk about this. Who's the one that can say for these nonprofit collectives that you're, that you're saying, hey, there, there is some serious thing and it's somebody you don't really want to mess with? Well, yeah. I mean, that's another part of this, too, that like, you know, everyone's looking for some sort of like tax efficiency with what they're doing. Right. And that's why the common path that a lot of these collectors are taking was let's set this up as a charitable organization. It's 501 C three it's tax tax deductible. We're already used to donating to the university for special projects. That's always been tax deductible. So this will be on the same guidelines, but the reality is like, we've been, we've been advised not to take that route because what is the charitable cause that you're doing, right? Is it essentially a scheme to, to get money from point A to point B, not pay taxes on it and get it to your athletes so your football program is operating at a higher level? That's a question for the IRS to decide, right? Like, what is the charitable cause to these collectives? I mean, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. I'm not saying that's like, I could be dead wrong. And all of the attorneys that I see that. consulted with 
have been the ones to say it's, hey, not, it's it not a charitable it's, cause it's right, not a charitable right. cause charitable everyone, cause everyone's isn't charity we know that from coach harbaugh this isn't charity bro no it's not and so, so we're, we're we're set up as a for-profit organization and we're we're finding ways to to do this thing in a tax efficient manner but not in a way that's like potentially violating tax codes but I don't know. We'll see. I could be dead wrong. Like that's the thing about this, and I hope Nobody people realize. Like this is my own company. These are you know people we're working with as a group. We're trying to do this in a way that is above board and has sustainability to it. I could be dead wrong, and you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it on the chin. Somebody else can go and start you know a five hundred one c three. Somebody else can go and start being the bag man and paying recruits. If, like that's do it. Like I'm not hired by the institution. I'm not a University of Michigan employee. Like you guys, like I'd love to have competition in the space or people supporting each other, right? Like mm-hmm. it has the same common goal here. So with with how you are operating currently and how it seems to be that the, the football staff is operating currently, which is keeping your hands clean, essentially, doing things, quote unquote, the right way uh, instead of just paying players up front. How do you think that that is – competitive in the space currently we think that that may be uh, the the way in the future how do you stay competitive for a recruit whether it's this year and the next two years or whatever and not fall so far behind before this this thing corrects itself because i think that's what people are saying is you know all right yes jared you may be right in the long term and i think you are but as it is right now Mm-hmm. The market is what the market is, and we're missing out on recruits because we aren't paying. So how do you kind of handle both of those scenarios? Right. I think there's like a, a fine balance to it because, look, in the short term, like we're it's difficult to compete, right? It's difficult to compete with, with schools that are just guaranteeing, you know, upper seven-figure guaranteed contracts to, to kids, right? And they're willing to go and break the law or yeah. go against NCAA guidelines to, to have a signed contract before they're even on campus. So like it's difficult, difficult to compete with that. But, and, and I agree, you can't have like a lost cycle. Like every recruiting right. cycle is extremely important and it has ripples. Right. But in the short term, we're focused on finding team wide deals to get everybody on the team, at least some, right. Some opportunity to make a, a significant amount of money. Right. Because that's what a lot of other schools are doing. They're guaranteeing. Like I think Oklahoma came out, $40,000 a year. I think Alabama is something like $25,000 a year for all their scholarship players. Like I'm fully support that. Like I really, and that's what we're doing. Like you'll see in the month of July, we're doing like a really big partnership um, with a company where the entire team will be involved. We did a signing event for the entire team after the spring game. Everyone made really good money on that. And like, if you went and interviewed our top players on the roster, I'd say our top players, like everyone, like, there's not a whole lot of frustration internally. Like these guys are making really good money. Like we have players in the upper six figures. We're just not like, I think maybe we just need a better marketing arm for what we're doing. Like people just aren't as aware of the type of activity that's taking place and how our top players are being compensated and how everyone is making something. But you're right though. Like in the short term, it's difficult to compete with the bad actors and the nefarious behavior in the space. But I think you combat that by making these splashy big time marketing deals we need to have more support in the collective. Right now, we've got about eight to 12 really successful alumni helping support this thing. We need to, I mean, we're at, you know, a pretty significant seven-figure number for this collective. We need to 
double, triple, quadruple that if you really want to keep up with some of these other institutions out there. I want to, I want to, I want to bring this back though. So, okay, so yes, the reason probably it's not getting publicity is because it's going to current players, right? Is is your focus on let's get the current players paid? Absolutely. I mean, so like, like, that's but, that's what it's supposed to be. Okay, but hear me out then. So, okay, as we're looking at it. And you guys in, in Valiant's philosophy is the way NIL should be and the way NIL was intended to be. The current players can monetize based on their on-field success. That is what NIL was supposed to be. It has on become field, something. They're off-field marketability. You know what I mean? Yeah, and a, it's become something completely different. So the reason it's not getting attention is because the things that are getting attention is the big recruiting pitches. And no one cares about the current players. Everyone understands recruiting is the lifeblood of your program going forward. So as we ask this, it doesn't seem recruits care about what current Michigan players are getting. They want the money now. And I can understand that from a psychological standpoint as a human being. Will your philosophy change? Because I think the loudest deals in the room are the Tennessee quarterback, the Miami quarterback. There's a few outliers where there's been these crazy, crazy deals. There are a lot of players out there. I would say the overwhelming majority, I I put my money on this, that they're worried about how are the current guys making money, right? What are, what are, what is in place for the current roster where they're making money? I've been asked that several times and I can help educate families on, Hey, this is what is happening currently at Michigan. I am not legally allowed to go and give some sort of guaranteed comp package and be like, yeah, you're for sure going to make, but like you can show like, Hey, this is how, this is how Kate McNamara makes his money. This is how Andrew Anthony makes his other money. schools are get literally the rule says you it is not pay for play, but other schools are literally doing pay for play. They are saying if you come here, you have this right when you walk on campus or right when you commit. What is, is it both? Well, so that's another thing people don't realize like schools are paying kids to verbally commit. Okay, it, it is such a crazy, unsustainable like system right now. And everyone's freaking out about recruiting and this and that. I think this fall, like it's going to be an unprecedented shift in how many kids are decommitting and committing to another school last minute. Hear me out. I really think you're going to see a lot of movement over the next four to five months. And you're going to see a lot of kids decommit, commit verbal to another Verbal commits don't mean anything. Verbal commits don't mean anything. And so people, you just- People forget Cade McNamara was verbally committed to Notre Dame. I, just, yeah, I, I learned that. I didn't like, know I, that. I didn't, I didn't no, know that. No, I was I was verbally committed to Penn State. Like you know, it's just like Jared. what? How do you break that? Are you kidding me, Jared? Coach, yeah, right. Coach, um, hey, I love you guys. Thank you for the opportunity. It meant so much to me. But this is the better opportunity that I want to pursue. Uh, some of them will take you well. Some of them won't. Right? The verbal commits don't mean anything. Okay, and I think is, is you can world- get 50k from Penn State, 50k from Notre Dame, 50k from Tennessee, and then say, "Hey, I'm going to make the sure. best. Deci- I'm going to walk and make the best decision for my career. I just made 150 grand." I, I mean, and you're saying, "Hey, the boosters are going to be like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I tossing around? Yes. I get it. I have a hundred million dollars, but I'm not. There but I also are- didn't get a hundred million dollars just burning cash in a bonfire." I'm there not going to keep schools. throwing away cash. I'm going to pay our current players. Why? Can we get an agreement? Like, is there potential to say, hey, Big Ten Conference, or are you handcuffing yourself? And why can't the NCAA come into an agreement and say, this is the way it's supposed to be? Let the collectives pay the current players. Like, let like let the collectives do that. That would that would solve a lot of damn problems. It, it would, right? But I just don't – I don't know how far we are away from that. But, like, 
I mean, what I'll say, like, it, it is important for people to know, like, there are collectives, and I said schools before, but it's not school, it's the collective that are paying recruits and their families to verbally commit. Okay. That is happening. Right. And it's just, there, I've heard of a story of a kid getting paid to decommit from another school. Like, it's just it's such a competitive landscape. There's a lot of dollars at stake for a lot of these collectives, a lot of these coaching staffs. Like, I get it. Did, did you guys see the Texas A&M coach or staff member, whoever it was, viral on, on Twitter, right? Like, literally on the business. See these suites? Like, these guys will be paying you guys a lot of money. Like, it's just – it's a part of recruiting now, whether everyone likes it or not. And it's a very slimy, dirty That's game. That's a violation <laughs> by the law <laughs> of it. Like, cares. that is a – like, you just snitched on yourself. I know it was so funny, but like, who's enforcing it? You know, and like at the end of the day, like I keep going back to, I could be completely wrong, okay? But I have a company, right? And this is how we want to do it. And it's not to say another group can come in and do it how they think it should be run. I encourage that. Go try it out. Take the risk of being disaffiliated from the institution, right? Like there are rules in place, and they will be enforced eventually, right? I hope they'll be enforced eventually. But like, we're gonna do it the way we want to do it. And other people can do it the way they want to do it. That's so, that's what I want to get out there. One one question I have because we mentioned Notre Dame. So Notre Dame generally is talked about in the same sense of, of as Michigan, right? Traditions, doing things the right way, like that whole thing, right? But it seems with how they are recruiting under Marcus Freeman that they are ponying up and paying guys to come to their university. Why or how, like, why is Michigan not, uh, or why is Valiant, however you want to put it, why are they not uh, able to do that same type of thing as a Notre Dame would? Look, that's a great question because I do think, you know, when you look at other institutions that you kind of benchmark Michigan with, right, it's, it's the Notre Dames of the world. I feel like Texas is kind of up there. I mean, like USC, right? Like these are blue blood, great academic institutions, very similar alumni bases, like that's kind of where you want to be, where you want to compare yourself to. Right. And yeah, they, they're, they're out competing us in this space right now. And I mean, they came out with their foundation, their, um, their collective it's listed as a nonprofit. So like they obviously are, are doing it that direction. And, you know, I'm very interested to see how, how it plays out. Um, and it's obviously very effective. And they had uh, Brady Quinn come out and support it. They had Tom Mendoza, right? Like literally their version of Stephen Ross come out and say, hey, this is our collective. This is what we are doing. I, I know what you're doing behind the scenes, and I know that you are working your ass off literally seven days a week, day and night, to get these funds and try and get more people involved. But I think from a general fan that knows what the Michigan money canon looks like, right? They know what this alumni base has and the Stephen Rosses of the world. So I think most people would say, like, why? How does how does Michigan not – how is Michigan not competitive in this space? How do they not have more money that's available? And I, you know, that that would be the question that I think an average fan has. I would love for Stephen Ross to be involved. I would love for Dave Portnoy to be involved, right? <laughs> we have very high profile, successful alumni, and they would be be perfect, right? I mean, it would be really like a, a dream come true if we had them involved. And we're still actively trying to find ways to get them involved. We have very successful alumni currently involved. Right. And we're just starting to continually expand that. Right. So it's like, 
it's still early stages. Yeah, they're much quicker to the punch, right? When you get somebody like Mendoza, right, who's endowed the business school at Notre Dame, other boosters see that, right? And they say, oh, okay, there's the beacon, right? I'm going to come and I'm going to support this collective as well, right? Like that is that is just the reality. Like they're, they're, they're well, to the punch. I've got one more question and I'll let Jake take it in a different direction after this. But I think one interesting aspect of this thing is – all right, Stephen Ross has obviously donated an insane amount of money to the actual University of Michigan and the development department there, right? How do you manage where donors have been donating to the university and the athletic department specifically for so long, right? How do you say, all right, there still is a need for that, for buildings, for et cetera, et cetera, but now there's also this big need to shift these donors to donating for NIL at the same time as well. Right. And look, I don't have, I, I mean, I can give my opinion on it and yeah. I, I honestly have been, but I just think it's put the development officers in such a difficult position, right? Because there is right. There are projects in place, right? There's funding that, you know, you're two, three years projecting out for cash flow that you're, you're relying on these, you know, individuals that are, you know, are giving to the university that, that have been giving for years. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be some like t- tug and pull and this is still completely brand new. So they're trying to figure out how to best do their job. Right. Like they're not, yeah. they're not sitting there and saying like, screw these kids, like no money for you guys. Ha all the money for us. Like they're not sitting there doing that. Like Katie Froman is like a phenomenal, phenomenal development officer. Like she does a great job. All the like the donors I've spoken to speak very highly of her. And I think she's like doing the best she possibly could in this situation. It's just, it's, it's brand new. It's going to take some time to figure itself out. I will say this, this year giving was, I mean, at an all time high from what I've been told, you know, like donations to university, the applications to the institution at an, like, I think it was an all time high. It was like a significant number. I, I don't want to pull going to be wrong in this, but I think it was like 92,000 applicants or something, wow. maybe, maybe more, but like it was what I've been told was at a record high, your football team at a place like Michigan and your basketball team, it's one of the best marketing tools. It's, it's probably the most valuable marketing tool you have yeah. as an institution. Like, I guess here's a good example. Like I was at, um, I was at uh, Ojabo's draft party and, and David went to a, a, like a really good charter school in Scotland. And so a lot of his f- friends from that charter school we're at the draft party as well. And I'm just like talking to these guys you know, they're all from overseas in Europe. And they're like, yeah, um, I went to LSU. Or I went to Texas. I went to USC. I was like, yeah, how'd you guys like, you know, know these are the schools you want to go to? Like, Oh, like, you know, we just like fell in love with the culture. You, know, you watch college sports. They're rallying off players that they love watch watching. Grew up like, Oh, Joe Burrow. Like the kid who went to LSU was like, Joe Burrow's the man. Like, you know, I just love LSU football. Like I wanted to go there. Like, interesting. Like this is a great marketing tool for the institution and it should be embraced, I think. And I don't know if there's hesitancy to embrace that. Like yeah. I think Michigan, it's not just a, 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 you know, an athletic institution, right? It's, it's one of the best academic institutions and it's one of the best hospital systems in the entire world. Right. So it's like, there's gotta be that full balance, but it has to be embraced that this is a strong marketing tool for the university. Basically, man, I mean, what I'm hearing you hearing you say, I mean, and, and this is what makes sense to me is the universe, the, the athletic program success helps further um, 
further incentivize more success for the athletic program, but for the academic institution as a whole, it all works in unison. And, and if you aren't embracing NIL, and maybe you don't have to bend the rules all the way to the point where you're doing some completely illegal stuff, but if you, don't, if you aren't willing to toe the line and take on some risk, as other schools are, you know, that could potentially harm the future success. You know, not saying it will, not saying it won't, but hey, you are taking on risk when other schools are doing these things. So that's why I commend you, man, for coming on here, for putting on the statement. You are not alone in this process. Like you are, like you said, you're, you're a, you are a private company. I know I, I literally see <laughs> you built it, bootstrap this thing over the course of a past year in a, in a massive area, gray area. What you've done is laid a very strong foundation and, um, I just wanted to, as we wrap this up, kind of get your mindset going forward this year and then and then going forward here in the next three to five years. Are you essentially, as I, as I kind of reflect on everything you've said and, and, and review some of what the fans are saying, are you essentially betting that, hey, there's volatility anytime there's change? And right now you're seeing a lot of volatility. You're seeing big numbers tossed around. Donors are throwing around cash, and we don't know what's real and what isn't. You're saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to bet on sustainability that when the dust settles, we will have built the, the most legitimate business that's going to incentivize the correct behavior that's going to lead to the most wins. Is there any interest in potentially exploring getting into the business of what other schools are doing right now, which is essentially paying some high school recruits at some level? Right. I mean, I, I don't know what the next three to five years look like, because, you know, you just don't know what like these new conferences are going to be doing. What, like, I think it's going to be, we're moving towards like a collective bargaining agreement. There's going to be some sort of revenue Agreed. sharing model. I would be, um, I'm interested to see how the title nine plays out here because, you know, when an institution gets involved in directing some sort of compensation, I think they're opening themselves up to a certain level of liability in terms of title nine implications. If you're going to pay your starting quarterback, this, then, you know, you're, a starting pitcher on the softball team should be paid this, right? And, I, and I'm all for that. Like, I really do think if opportunities are being found for a certain subsect of student-athletes, they should be found for other student-athletes. Like, my sister played on the women's basketball team in Michigan, and I saw her grind daily, right, and do a lot of the same crap I had to do, you know, getting up at 6 a.m. And, and, you know, what you're passionate about, but, you know, the difficult things that come with being a student-athlete. I'm all for finding an opportunity for everyone to make some money. I don't know if it's going to look like, you know, collectives become, you know, an in-house part of the institutions. If, you know, third-party sports agencies become a part of the institutions. I know like at Oregon, they have an unbelievable collective that's tied in with their sports marketing agency, Division Street. And I've, the, from my knowledge, Phil Knight is actively involved there and obviously actively involved with the institution. So like, we'll see where it goes. Um, I think for the next three to five years, I don't want to compromise the integrity of what we're trying to do and just start paying recruits. I mean, I could be wrong. I just don't see that as sustainable. So the next three to five years, like I want to, I mean, our goal is to put systems in place to find NIL deals to get our players earning opportunities at the highest level in college football. Right. I think our starting, the starting quarterback at Michigan should be like one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the country, right? Between the NFL and college sports. Like Michigan football is one of the most valuable sports properties out there. 
if you're the starting quarterback at Michigan and we're where we were supposed to be as a national title contender, you should be one of the most marketable and one of the highest bringing a lot of value to, to a very valuable sports property. So you should be paid mm. accordingly, have NI opportunities accordingly. So my goal and our goal as a agency and as the collective is to make that a reality, right? Get our current roster compensated, find deals for them at the highest level in college football. Awesome. I commend you, man. Um, to stand up here, um, you know, obviously, as we said, we love Michigan fans. They demand the absolute most. They're, it's it's <laughs> never good enough. They always demand more. I can tell you we like that. We appreciate it as a player, but we appreciate you, Jerry, man, just um, taking the hard questions um, in stride and, and, and laying out, you know, your vision going forward. So I believe in you, man. I really do. Um, I believe in Jim. I believe in the athletic program. People forget, hey, we're in, we just started July. Recruiting has a long, long, long way to go. So we'll yeah, see what happens when the dust settles. Look, there's reason, there's reason for the uneasiness, and I, I totally get it. And I just think that people don't fully understand what's going on right now. Like they're reading headlines. You don't know what information is real online. I don't yeah. care. There's a lot of mean things tweeted at me yesterday, right? <laughs> I don't care. Like Twitter is just like a toxic echo chamber. And it's important to be able to get your messaging out there. But at the same time, like, I don't care. Like, throw stones, right? Like, if you don't like how I'm doing stuff with my own company, like, I'm not saying, like, someone, I forget who it was. It was, like, probably, like, go blue fan 652321 was, like, hey, man, pass the sticks. Like, you're a freaking leech to the program. Why, I can't believe Michigan hired you for this job. It's, like, Michigan didn't hire me. Like, I have came up with my own business model. You know, yeah. I, I built a company around this, like, I'm not like I am third party. Right. So get educated, understand the landscape and like just do some reading. I don't know. Go read a book. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Awesome. No, I, th I think I, you're, you're taking on what uh, a whole department is responsible for essentially. And you yourself uh, are taking it on. And so I, I think it's, it's just kind of, you know, Things are going to play itself out. Things are going to get better. Michigan fans, it's it's going to be okay. It may seem extreme right now. I understand it, but let's all take a deep breath and and we'll figure it out. So, Jared, thank you so much for Thanks, coming brother. on. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're going to have you on more and more. I I will allow you on your own podcast. <laughs> I guess. You sure, I can come on. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. We'll we'll allow you. We <laughs> we'll make it work, I guess. But um, thank you so much. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Well, having Jared on, I feel like clears it. It, it answers questions and also opens up the door for more questions. Don't you feel the same way? Man, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I completely feel the same way. Um, but like to expect all the questions to be answered and finalized is a little bit foolish in and of itself. You know, like this is such a rapidly changing space for everybody. Um, and, and, and clearly Michigan has a different philosophy from other schools. So for us to declare a winner this early would also be foolish. So, um, you know, let's just, let's just use history to tell us. Remember last year when everyone said Michigan had no chance, Michigan, yeah. people wanted to uproot the program. Well, one team was champions in the big 10. It was Michigan. So if that should tell you anything, it should tell you that you never actually know. So reserve the right to form your conclusions at a later date. That's, that's what I would advise most people. Yeah. I think there's, you know, 
it, there's just so much information that is and so much going on behind the scenes that people don't know that is involved in this stuff. And I think the one thing that I took away from talking to Jared is like people think it's as easy as just like writing a check and that's it. Right. And it's in that, but there's so much more to it. There's obviously legal uh, implications. There's, you know, working yeah. with the university, there's working with the football staff, there's working with these NIL agents, there's working with, you know, there, there's just so much more involved. It's not as easy as, as people uh, seem to think it is as just like throwing a number out there and going with it. So well, I, yeah, go ahead. People, people think it's easy because that's the way some people are doing it, but right. it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here, but listen, like if, if all you ever do is when your kids having a, fu- uh, a fit and all you do is give them an iPad or give them cash, right? You're kicking like, like that doesn't actually really solve anything. And it, that's going to have its own inherent risks. Sometimes you have to incur more temper tantrums from your kid. And this isn't a direct association with any recruits. This is just saying from a philosophical standpoint, change. Yeah. You have to sometimes incur taking some on the chin. Hey, your kid's poorly behaved. Hey, you're not doing this right. Just give them an iPad. Well, I'm trying to lay a foundation that's going to allow for a more sustainable, better future. You know, and, and that seems to be the 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 path they're taking going forward. So it's still so early. We're a year into this thing. Guys, we're a year into this thing. Let's 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 calm down a little bit. Yeah, and and I think to your point, like when Jared's saying that people are, um, you know, there are, are collectives out there that are offering money to verbally commit and decommit from another school and those yeah. types of things. Well, then all of a sudden, to that's exactly what you're saying. They're just going to play the game, and these NIL agents are going to play these collectives and say, yep, I've got this guy. He's verbally committing. At the same time, he could be verbally committing to another institution and taking their 50K in cash or whatever it is for that. So it's a snowball effect that won't end well if that's the way it keeps going. And, And the dollar amount just keeps rising, rising, rising rapidly. So I I don't like hate the idea of sitting back a little bit and and watching it all play out. But at the same time, as we talked about, you can't miss out on a cycle. So I think at the same time, Michigan and and these collectives, they need to figure out a way. How do we formulate that type of strategy? But also we've got to win now, too. So we've got to get some recruits and commits here. Uh, using some type of strategy as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, listen, to be determined, you know, there's still six, six, eight months left of the recruiting cycle. So a um, lot of ball left, as they say. We will, uh, we'll, we'll be following it. We'll be talking about it. So um, I still think we got a lot of, a lot of room left to go here. Um, and, and you and I will be um, keeping people informed. Absolutely, we will. We appreciate you guys listening. You can follow Valiant U of M on Twitter and Instagram. This was TNT Wolverine.